John Dummy. Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. God never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah Carmichael. Mess now, man. What about me? Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. God never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah Michael now my what about me? Be willing to die so that we can be free now. If we don't produce, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' eat? Yeah, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' do if they cut off the street? If they block off them trucks, tell me what you gon' eat? What you gon' drink? See what I mean? What you gon' do? What I'ma do? I'ma stomach some food. Don't be a fool. That's fine, Ricard lead. I'm in tune. Stay in the street. Change a couple goons. I'm pushing the worst and I'm pushing the message. I'm blessing the game. Allah already blessed me. Find a car new cause we got you. Can't lose. Only two dollars. Get news you can use. Heaven ahead. Those conditions you choose. Come to the mosque. These are things we can prove. Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do it for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. God never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up. Elijah Muhammad Muhammad Ali Assalamu alaikum family and welcome back to the Brother Ben X podcast We are now live with Dr. Ridgely who's down at Muhammad Farms And I reached out to him a couple months ago actually but I know he'd be kind of busy And so I caught a post today and uh, saw he was active so I reached out to him today uh, with the help of Brother Larry as well and I wanted to interview him about, you know, just his background, because I like to first figure out, you know, let you guys know about the brothers that's coming in, how they came in, how they got on the mission that they're on. Uh, but most importantly, the land as well and the farming, because uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said we cannot be an independent nation without land and uh, a lot of our people aren't interested in farming you know the honorable minister lewis farrakhan talks about because of the sharecropping uh and the fact that he's doing this kind of work especially during a time like this when there's so much wrong with our foods there's so much wrong with our fruit i think he's taking on a mighty mission so i want to talk about that work and then i also want to talk about how we can help and how we can get involved because we're always talking about we need schools we always say we need land. We always say we need restaurants. But when we have it, it's like we don't take care of it or we don't put that same energy into taking care of, uh, of that which we ask for. So, Brother Ridgely or Dr. Ridgely, uh, for those who don't know who you are, brother, please introduce yourself at this time. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Um, in the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, we believe in you and trust in you for all that we need. We're helping in your cause, your apostles. So Allah, please grant us success. And in this day and time, we definitely need Allah to grant us success because the thing that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been warning us about is presently here. Um, I joined the Nation of Islam in 1971 um, under the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And uh, I joined in New York City uh, when Minister Farrakhan was in New York. I was going to college at the time at Columbia University studying economics. But after um, studying the teachings and after going to Bermuda and coming back and realizing that this was indeed hell.
hill. Um, I decided to join the Nation of Islam. And I, after joining, uh, I went to the meeting. There was a Farrakhan talk. And um, I joined and I asked for my papers. And the brother said, brother, you have to go through processing. I said, processing? So um, I, I transferred out of uh, Columbia University in economics and went down to uh, Western Salem, North Carolina, my hometown. And they had a little study group there, a little temple, seven brothers total. And I registered at North Carolina A&T State University. And because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we needed farmers, I changed my degree. First, I went into architectural engineering and came out of that into agricultural economics. Um, and in fact, in 1974, I went down to work in Alabama for the Muscle Shoals, the Tennessee Valley Authority, as a co-op apprentice. And while I was in uh, Alabama, I visited the farm here in Georgia. And I talked to the farm manager, and it was my intention that when I graduated in 1976, to come and work on this very farm that I am now the manager of. However, when I finished my undergraduate degree from North Carolina A&T, the farm was no longer in operation. They had sold off all the equipment and they had rented the land out to somebody else. So I had to find something else to do with my life. So. I decided to go back to graduate school where I got my master's in agricultural economics from North Carolina A&T. And then I decided to get my PhD from Michigan State University. And when I came out in 86 from Michigan State, I got a job teaching at North Carolina A&T State University in agricultural economics. I did my PhD dissertation on studying the management habits and skills of the best farmers in Michigan. When I came to AMT, I wrote software package to help farmers to manage their farms, to be able to keep up with their records, keep up with their expenses, to determine where they're making money at, where they're losing money, and I had a project where I was test marketing, a test using, it wasn't to be sold, it was to be given to farmers, to show them how to do better financial management. Because at that time, I thought that the problem with black farmers was that they just didn't know what they were doing. Well, I'm here to apologize to them. I didn't know what they were facing, and they didn't know what they were facing. Mm. There was a plan on own that they didn't know about. And I'm going to read you the plan that they didn't know about, I didn't know about, they didn't teach me at Michigan State. 
I found this out as I was trying to help the black farmers in the, the class action lawsuit that I was asked to be a part of as an expert witness. What I found was that there's a group called the Com Committee for Economic Development. And in 1962, they developed what they call an adaptive approach. And I quote, net migration out of agriculture has been going on for 40 years. Remember that, this is 1962. And at a rapid rate, nevertheless, the movement of people from agriculture has not been fast enough. So this is what they suggested as their quote, unquote, adaptive approach. One, vocational agriculture courses in rural areas be scrapped. Farm children be given college scholarships to study anything but agriculture. Mm. Let me read that again. Farm children be given college scholarships to study anything but agriculture. In other words, they're going to wipe out the next generation of farmers. And in case you don't know how farming works, you are raised up on a farm and you learn how to farm from when you were a child up to when you were grown, and you might go away to college to get some extra expertise but you learn that land and those animals from actually working underneath your father. And you, that information is passed on. So what the government did, they had a two-pronged attack. They were going to destroy, one, vocational agriculture in the rural areas. That means that in high school, they're not going to teach you agriculture no more in the rural areas. Then we're going to give your children scholarships so they can go to college and study anything but agriculture, but they didn't figure that. Then they said, agricultural prices be substantially lowered. Now, wait a minute. How can you plan on lowering agricultural prices when we are supposedly living in a quote-unquote free market society? I was taught in Michigan State that is supply and demand. They had me do all these graphs and do all these regression analysis trying to uh, line up the price of what the commodity was going to go for based on supply and demand. And when they crossed, that would be the market price. That's what agricultural economics is all about. But here you go. Instead, they say agricultural prices be substantially lowered, L-O-W-E-R-D. And then they top it off, temporary income programs be instituted to protect the most quote-unquote suitable for survival. Now let me break that down to you what that meant. That meant that it's going to take your and my tax money, subsidize the white farmers so they can survive under a low-price regime. Mm. They're going to lower the prices of the companies that the farmers could sell but then they're going to give your tax money to the white farmers so they can survive and buy out the black farmers while everybody's looking at the black farmers as though they don't know how to farm. Mm. The black farmers knew how to farm. 
But what they didn't know, that the government, and they some still to refuse to accept it now, the government is your enemy. They're not your friend. They're your enemy. And I, as a mm, special consultant to the Black Farmers lawsuit, I went around to talk with different black farmers who wanted to file what's called a Class B for the, the, the Pickford lawsuit. And in that, I would get the very specifics of what they were doing, the farming, and how they were taken out. And over and over again, I began to see that the way they were taken out is that evidently every year these USDA employees would have a meeting and decide on what tricks they would use. Now, here's a, a major trick that they used, and in fact, they did it to the, the Black Farm family that when I got to Terrell County, they're the ones who helped me out when I got down here in 1995, and I didn't have no equipment, nothing. When I got down here in February of 1995, I had nothing here to work with, only my pickup truck that I brought from, from North Carolina. But that didn't, uh, uh, you know, hell, I'm a god. Figure this shit out. That's right. So what I did, as a matter of fact, Allah sent somebody to me. He sent a brother named Bobby Lewis. I was at the gas station. Everybody knew I was sitting out on 1,600 acres of land with no equipment. And so he said, uh, brother, um, do you need some help? And um, this brother was strong, man. He could break me like a toothpick. I didn't know this dude. So I said, well, yes, sir. He said, look, I know you need some equipment. My, my family, we got equipment. We were taken out of farming. We don't farm no more. But um, we can come over and help you. I said, okay, we'll pay you by the acre so you can, you know, tear up the land in preparation for the spring planting. So he did. Now, later on, I interviewed him as a part of the Black Farmers lawsuit. And this is how he wound up in jail. And they wound up taking the farm from his family. Okay? They have what's called a hmm, structured loan or a, the right, let's put the right words to it. When the white boys would go to the U.S. Department of Agriculture in the beginning of the year, in the winter, they would come with their plan what they are going to do that year and how much production capital, how much upfront production capital they needed to carry them through the season. Because in agriculture, when you start putting money in the ground, you might not get it out until six months from now. You get nothing. You keep putting it in the ground, seed, fertilizers, chemicals, equipment repair, fuel, labor. You put all that in the ground and then Six months later, you take your product, you get a price for it, and hopefully you got enough money to pay it all back. But they gave the black farmers supervised loans. They gave the white farmers, they put money in their bank account, in the local bank, and a checkbook. So when they had an equipment, a tractor, to, to break down, and they needed a part, they would simply go, say, to the John Deere, place and and order the part and write out a check get that 
part that day and go back and fix their tractor and get back to planting or harvesting or growing or harrowing, whatever they're doing that very same day. However, for black farmers, all black farmers in the country, all black farmers in the country, north, south, east, and west, all black farmers in the country, they were given supervised loans, which meant that the, the USDA employee in that county would keep your checkbook. Mm. If you needed a check, you have to go to the John Deere place and get an invoice. Bring that invoice to your supervisor. And if he's in and he approves, then he'll write you a check so you can buy the equipment so you go back to John Deere to buy it. You wasted a whole day. Oh, it ain't no big deal. Yeah, but what if it's going to rain that night? Mm. You may have wasted a whole week. When you in farming, when you need to move, Mama Nature will tell you when it's time to roll. You better roll. She don't give a damn about your tire going flat, your engine breaking down, you breaking your goddamn arm. It don't matter. You got to do it on time or you lose. Now, add to that, now you have borrowed money. You have borrowed money. And your land is collateral. You borrowed money. And now they're playing with a time frame. Now, you got to pay that money back. Mm-hmm. Or they come and get your land. Wow. Okay? Now, what Bobby Lewis did, he passed on now. What Bobby Lewis did was that he would make up some fake invoices for the equipment, go down to the supervisor and get his goddamn money. Not the supervisor's money. The money that he got to pay back. And for that, they put him in jail and they took his goddamn land. Wow. Because they made up fake invoice. Not to steal nothing, but to get his goddamn money on time so he can stay on time. Because Mama Nature don't wait for you. That's how they took the black farmer's land. They got in the way of him doing what he needed to do on time and still made him pay the money back with interest or they come and take your land. And this is why the black farmer's lawsuit was set up in 1997 was to give the farmers some money for the fact they lost everything from the government playing these damn games with them, making prices low, then subsidizing the white farmers, and when they gave them some money, they gave it to them too late. And then when people like Jimmy Carter put out special money for low-income farmers, the black farmers, I know in Terrell County, because I checked the records, there were 25 black farmers in the 1970s. None of those farmers got that money in the 80s when Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter was here, what, in the 70, 78, 79? None. none. 
So many people ask me, Brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game. And we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Peace. Other black farmers got that money. But I saw from the record in the courthouse, in the basement, where white farmers got that goddamn money that was supposed to go to the black farmers. Mm. The black farmers didn't even know anything about the damn money. The white farmers got it and never paid the money back. It was a loan. They never paid the money back and didn't lose, did not lose their land. Wow. This is what you don't know about the black farmers and the lawsuit. And let me tell you why they hate the black farmers so much. Because in this county and all around here, in a whole county of 10,000 people, maybe 50 black people could vote. And then SNCC came through here in the early 60s. Rallying the young people to fight the power. And when they put those young people in jail, it was the black farmers in Terrell County and these other counties. It was the black farmers who put their land up in hock for bail mm. to get those next people out of jail. This is why they're voting today in these counties for black people because the black farmers miss this damn struggle. And so these crackers down here said, we're going to get your ass. And they did. They set up a system down here called a county committee for all USDA programs and loans would go through them, and on that committee were all the big white farmers, no black farmers on there could vote. They would have a, uh, an advisor every now and then who was black, but they could not vote. And what would they vote on? Who would get the goddamn money? That's on the county committee. So your tax money was sent down to Terrell County as a white Rich white farmers sit on the board to determine who got the goddamn money. So the black farmers didn't get it, and the poor white farmers didn't get it. I know the head of the county commission who just retired and his son took over, he made, he got, in the 17-year period, he received $6.5 million, $6.5 million from your tax money. Hmm. While being the chairman of the county commissioners for 48 years. You got the majority of black folk in the county 
But they have five people on the county commission. They have a gerrymandered, so there's no way that you would have a majority. Even though you had a majority, you can't get, use your majority to get three of the five seats. You may get two, but you won't get the chairmanship because that's the one protected. For all the big white farmers protect the man who's in the chairmanship. So if you try to vote for somebody else, you might lose your job. And in case you didn't know, plantations still exist down here. Mm. Well, black people work the land for a white man and live in his house on his property, and when he don't want them no more, he fires him and throws him and the family off the property. Wow. So you got people who are afraid of all these big white farmers. And I mean, just one man got $6.5 million. Well, guess what? 25 more white farmers in this county, no tax money, got a million dollars or more. Then another 50 from this county got $500,000 or more in that 17-year period. But the black farmers got nothing. So they control everything. The banks, the lawyers, the, 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 the court system, the judges, the finance companies, the banks. They control everything, the children of the big white farmers. So the people were afraid. When I got down here, and it's still the same when I got down here, they don't make no jobs for the people down here. What they make is hate, and what they make is fear. The only jobs they got is in the jail. And this is why they call this hell. Mm. I never knew why they called this terrible terrain until I got here in this hell for black people. So I came down here in 75 to talk to the manager. I didn't know all this history then. And then the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan 19 years later, after we had lost the farm and he had regained it, redeemed it, he asked me to be the farm manager. So exactly 19 years after I had planned to work here, I wound up back here as the farm manager in 1995. Hmm. So that's how I got here. Yes, sir. Well, man, I definitely appreciate Go ahead. That the people of the nation of Islam in 1995 were not cooking no more. Mm. They were fast food it, McDonald's it, Burger King in it, Kentucky Fried Chicken it. And they didn't, did not know what to do with a, a raw squash, a raw carrot. The only thing they knew what to do with was a watermelon. But I didn't have to cook it. So I found out the hard way. That the people, even in the nation of Islam, like all black people in America now, were eating out. 
And we had no restaurants. That's all I realized my home had. So I was stuck down here trying to figure out how to grow food. We can grow wheat. Mr. Farrakhan gave us permission and the money to, 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 to buy a flour mill to turn the wheat into flour. Wheat, 56 pounds of wheat is a bushel. The market price at that time and now is about $4 a bushel. That's eight cents. However, I can take a bushel of wheat, 56 pounds, and make at least 40 to 45 pounds of flour. There are eight five-pound bags of flour in a case, 40-pound case. We can sell that wholesale at the farm for $24, and we can ship it to the, through the staple goods for a total of $35. But before the staple goods, it would cost us $70 mm. just to ship it because nobody across the country could get 500 or more pounds of flour because that's the only way you can find a cheap rate to get it shipped. And in case, you know, some people thought, why they got to pay for the flour? Uh, that's our farm. We pay for the farm. How come we got to pay for the flour? How come we got to pay for the vegetables? That's our farm. How come we got to pay? Who are you looking for? You Yaku? Looking for a slave? Who's going to pay for the help? Who's going to pay for the, 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 the fuel? Who's going to pay for the tractors? Right. Hell, I don't mind working for free. But I can't hire nobody to do that. I got to do it all my damn self. 1,600 acres. I just told my brother the other day that I run a 1,600 acre farm. He heard it before. But he just heard it the other day. He said, wait a minute. 1,600 acres, there ain't no farm. That's a plantation. That's 1,300 football fields. Mm. 1,300 football fields that you want me to grow food for you organically, and then you don't want to pay. Organic means somebody's ass got to sweat. That's right. That's why I put that video up just to show you us putting out compost in the watermelon field. You don't see how many times we break down. Right now, our backhoe that we use to load up the spreader, the spread the compost, the right front wheel about to fall off. So we had to order one. We still working, hoping it don't fall off before it gets here. But it costs thirty two hundred dollars plus free. Just for the right wheel assembly. Thirty two hundred dollars plus free. So we're running into the wheel drop off. Why? Because we have to get stuff in, in on time. Because mm -hmm. Mama Nature, she don't care. So that's what we do down here. We make it happen. And for a long time, 
I've been quiet. I know people intimidated by me. Somebody who's come down here with no support, no help. Well, I won't say no support, no help. The believers, when they could, have helped. It's the believers who buy the products when they can. So we set up a system to get the believers the products through the Staple Goods Project. We developed that so that instead of trying to ship a city, one case, two cases, three cases of flour, when you got to have at least 12 cases to get 480 pounds and 40 pounds a case. So we surrounded the flour and later the cream of wheat and the muffin mix. We surrounded it with other products that the believers needed for this day. So started in 2011, we developed a stable goods project that put around that flour, navy beans, red beans, black beans, brown rice, raw sugar, honey, red lentils, brown lentils, coffee. Uh, now we got a freeze-dried bean soup that the believers make. Mm. So we, we made these products so when the city ordered 500 or more, not of one product, but of a combination, it weighs a total of 500 pounds, then we can ship it LTL. That's in truck load. He said, why don't you get black farmers to move the staple goods? When we first got set up, we tried that with a brother, with a truck. I tried the trailer. And we almost put him out of business. Mm. Because a tractor trailer company or an individual person who is an independent carrier, the way they make money is to put 22 pallets we had a total of 40,000 pounds from point A to point B. Unload the whole 40,000 at a terminal with the, with the, the coming in with the, uh, uh, the equipment. What do you call those things? To move the pallets around. Mm, I sure don't know. I ain't even going to try to lie to you. Okay. The thing with the fork on it, the forklift. They come in there and unload each pallet, take it, and set it on the dock. That may take maybe a, a half hour to unload. Then that, then that trucker leaves that terminal and goes to another terminal, hopefully in that area, and pick up another 40,000 pounds. Hmm. He never rides empty. You can't ride empty. You can't ride half full. And with the cities the, to get 22 pallets to people in our nation of Islam, you would have to stop 22 times. I said between here and New York City. 22 times. And every time you pull off the highway, that's at least an hour or two of time you go lose. Was it called, a, you get there, was it called a pallet jack? Everybody's commenting pallet jack. Well, a pallet jack. It's, that's the individual one. I'm talking about the actual forklift, oh, okay. motorized forklift. Okay. 
That's what rolls inside the tractor at the terminal. The pilot jack is what you are moving around within the truck or on the uh, the terminal floor. But guess what? None of those 22 stops would have a terminal, a dock, that that truck can back right up to and then roll that pallet weighing 500 to 2,000 pounds off. So that means you got to go to somebody's house or to the mosque, call the FOI in the middle of the night to come and unload the one pallet. Now, when you go to the next city, your contact person is at work now because you were supposed to get there an hour ago. So that's, that person had to go to work. Now what you got to do, you got to find somebody to come and get that damn pallet. Right. So he lost money trying to drop off one pallet at a time of all these cities. So we told him, no, brother, we can't allow you to lose your business, to lose your track to trying to help us. I know you want to help us. But the logistics are not there. Mm-hmm. And so I went to a black man who does logistics for the trucking companies. And I said, uh, sir, uh, with Nation of Islam, uh, we might need your help. He said, okay. He said, how many trucks you got? I said, two. He looked at me and said, sir, when you get 200, come back. I may be able to help you. Mm. Two tractor trailers is not a fleet. So we talk big, but we ain't big. So I had to figure out how to do it smart since it ain't big. So we set up a stable goods project. Whereas we get 15 different items from 10 different suppliers. And no, the Navy beans are not from Muhammad Farms. They're not from the Minister's Farm. We've always told the people that. And are they organic? Well, it depends on what you mean by organic. The real organic Simply means doesn't have carbon in it. If the chemical has carbon, then it is organic. But the question you're really asking me is, is it free of any pesticides and do you use any artificial fertilizers? And the farmers in Michigan who grow it, these navy beans, they do. So Dr. Richard, why don't you grow out some navy beans organically? Go to hell. Because I tried that. Year after year. Year I tried that. Yeah, it's easy to grow one goddamn bean in a pot. But the navy bean, it grows like a regular bean, green bean. But then it has to dry down in the hole. Now, you can mechanically fight the weeds with your equipment up until the time when those beans are trying to dry in the hole and they take between three weeks and a month to dry. 
so that you can use equipment, a harvester, to pick them. In the meantime, the weeds have grown up around your beans, and if you try to go in there with equipment, you will knock the beans out of the hole. Mm. So when you try to grow these beans organically, you will get caught in the end with a bunch of weeds around your beans. Now, if you try to harvest those beans in those weeds with a mechanical harvester, the green from the weeds is going to scratch up your beans so it has a dull grayish green tint. And when you try to sell those beans, people look at the beans and say, what's wrong with these beans? It's organic, damn it. But they don't want to hear that. And there's a bug down south called a stink bug. And what this bug does is in a pod of navy beans, you might have five beans in that pod, it will hit one pod, I mean one bean per pod. It won't hit all the beans. It'll hit one bean per pod. But each pod will be hit. So that when you harvest them, there's going to be some beans with a little brown spot on it from where the stink bug stuck its, not, its, its nose, its snout, into the bean. Hmm. So we have to have people volunteer to pick out all the beans that have a little brown spot. Because the people didn't want them. All the lazy people had to do was take the goddamn beans and pick them, pick out the bad ones. But they didn't want to do that. They said, why don't you just harvest it by hand? We did a little experiment. We had the MUI visit the farm, 30 of them one year, and we had them to pick navy beans by hand. In one hour, 30 people picked a 30-pound bucket of navy beans. Mm. 30-pound bucket. It took them one hour. See, I'm an economist, man. I deal with writing exactly. I deal with mathematics. So if you pay them $5 an hour, 30 people, that's $150 for 30 pounds of beans. Is that going to work? Not at all. Not at all. So you can't pick them by hand economically. If you use the equipment, you're going to have problems with the beans being scratched up because of the weeds that you couldn't get rid of because you were not going to use chemicals. Mm. And you can't bring your equipment in there no more because you've got the beans out the pot as they're drying up. See, this is a reality. Wow. That a farmer is faced with. That the people who live in cities don't have a clue. And neither did I. With all my PhD training, I didn't have a clue of what it took to get a commercial farm running and get stuff out in volume perfectly without one ugly bean. Mm. 
Because my people are spoiled. Mm. And they go right down to the stove. And by beans every damn day. No damn well they're not organic. Why? Because organic native beans, my brother told me the last he checked, you can get five pounds of organic native beans for $25. So that means a 50-pound bag of organic navy beans would be $250. Okay? You're getting beans at the stove for what used to be $0.69 cent a pound, now like a $1.29, $1.49 a pound. So you're talking about like $60, You buy it every damn day. But don't play me. There ain't none in the damn store right now. Don't play me. You buy it, you make your bean pies. You cook your, 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 your soup, don't blame me. But time, a black farmer comes up with a product, your question is, is it organic? Listen very carefully. That organic crap is a Jewish trick. My wife has been to many conferences, and when they talk about organic, the people start snickering. The, the white farmers. Because they know that you don't grow, you can't grow shit organically. You have to cheat. And guess what? I've seen the USDA department, the regulations, and it tells you if you can't find organic fertilizer, you can use whatever fertilizer you can find. Hmm. It's in the regulations. So who the hell is going to find compost that's going to tear your equipment, take four times longer to spread? Who's going to find that? They ain't going to find it. So they're going to get regular stuff and put out there and still put an organic label on it because they can do that by the regulations. But you let me try that shit. You let a white farmer try that shit. They have regulators down here saying that we are frauding the people by calling it organic and we use some chemical fertilizer. They have washed us, pushed us out of the land. I went back to going back to 1962. They planned this mm. to run us off the land to the cities, and now they're poisoning us like rats. Before this COVID canary, I call it the canary virus. You know, canary. They put a canary down into the to the mine to see if it's still poison down there before they send the workers down. That's why I call this a canary virus. Mm. Before this coronavirus, before this coronavirus. Black people were already dropping like flies. Obesity, heart attack, strokes, um, diabetes one, diabetes two. Dropping like flies. And right now they tell you that the people who are dying from COVID-19 have pre-existing conditions. Yeah. How were those pre-existing conditions produced? Mm. Eating a wrong food. Not practicing one meal a day. Not practicing uh, doing a fast three days out of the month. Not practicing the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Our people are sick. And this COVID-19 just knocks their ass right out. Right. We've been set up. We've been hoodwinked. We've been bamboozled. Black folks, we used to be lean, mean, fighting machine, 
are fat, obese, slow. Hell, I just had, I just had run a 20-something-year-old just a few minutes ago. I'm 69. I had to go to the uh, post office. It was about to close. I got out the car first. She saw that I was an old man. She got out of her car and started walking fast. She beat me to the door. Then I started walking fast. And she started running. I put it in third gear. I didn't even put it in fourth gear. I used to be a track star. I put it in third third gear. Just cruise right on by her. And when I cruised by her, being the asshole that I am, I looked at her and said, and I'm 69. Oh, Lord, I pissed her ass off. Okay? She should have used her, she was fine. She should have used her feminine guiles and, and said, oh, brother, could you please let me get in front of you? You know how we are. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, sister. Go right ahead. But now, nigga, you're going to try to run me? <laughs> I think not. So, if our people had followed the instructions, and this is why we set the state to do a project and make sure that our people had a chance since 2011, twice a year, had a chance to get what they needed to store in their houses as the Messiah had warned us. And the Quran had told us he would, teaching us what to eat and what to store in our houses. So we, we made it available that everybody had the opportunity to get the products, and they got it's the same price whether you get it in Albany, Georgia, or whether you get it in Albany, New York, or whether you get it in L.A., or whether you get it in the state of Washington, or whether you get it in Miami, or whether you get it in St. Croix, or whether you get it in Houston, or whether you get it in Chicago. Because we as a group, a co-op, decided collectively that we would subsidize those people who live far away from the farm so that they would pay the same price as the people who live right here in Georgia. That's what our people in the Ministry of Agriculture, the State of Project, decided we do everything based on lawful dialogue. If they don't agree with me, we have a law to die on. Then we have a vote. I ain't lost a vote yet, so I don't know how I'm going to act if I lose the vote. I don't use my authority to get the people to vote one way or another. I just use my damn brains, mathematics, and common goddamn sense. Mm-hmm. And they usually vote my way. But if I lose, I'm going to lose graciously. But I'm going to say this. You all have outvoted me. We're going to do it the way you say. But you know one day I'm going to say, I told you so. Okay? That's how confident I am. But we have a great set of people in the Ministry of Agriculture. A great set of people. They not, may not be as smooth talking and tough walking as some others might be, because I took the ones who volunteered. Others, anybody could have volunteered. Okay? I took the ones who volunteered, and I worked with them. Wow, nobody could find me. I've been down here for 25 years, and they act like they don't know I'm down here. 
and time, the stuff hit the fan. And the people that made from agriculture asked me, Doc, we got to do something right now. We can't wait for Stephen Goods 19. We got to do something right now. The people need daily beans. I said, okay, okay, okay. And time, we set up a system to get that done. Here come other people, they beans. I'm not talking about the minister. That's a whole different program. No, I'm talking about brother selling beans. Alan didn't call me up to get the deal to load down, try to find out where I'm getting mine, try to find out how much I'm paying. Mm. But that's okay. The people who are with me will be with me. I don't mind they get beans from someplace else. May Allah bless them. I don't want nobody to starve to death. But we were, we were very careful with our people. We require our people to give me a plan written out. If there's a lockdown in your area, have you contacted the authorities now to get somebody to give you an okay, guaranteeing that when your beans come, at the terminal, that you can go and pick him up without being harassed. I said, you can't collect no money until you send us that paper goddamn work. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about it's got to be somebody's name. Not that I talked to somebody in the police department. That does not exist on the highway with a cracker with a gun in your face. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com, www.whatisabstribe.com. You want to be able to show them a piece of paper with somebody signed or at least the name of the person who told you that you had a right to be out here. Because I was very concerned about my people. Nobody knows how Berkeley. I could have cheated a long time ago with chemicals. Nobody would have known. Nobody would have known. But that man on that plane would have known. On the wheel would have known. And that's who I serve. And that's who I'm afraid of. Now, any questions? Man, all praise is due to Allah. I thank you for sharing that and, um, you know, giving us that context because I think that context was very, very needed. Uh, all over social media, we make it seem so easy. You know, just get land and grow food, you know, three-step three process. 
but the process that you gave us showed that there's much that goes into it, and we definitely thank you for your sacrifice. I mean, with all you gave, the only question we have, and I, and that I've been saying in the comment section is how can you know how can we help? You know, uh, where can they donate? You know, if somebody's in the city, if you're accepting volunteers, okay. how can they help? Okay, um, financially, you can help us the way it's been set up from the beginning. It's called the three-year economic savings program. 4855 South Woodlawn Avenue. That's three-year economic savings program. 4855 South Woodlawn Avenue, Chicago, Illinois. 60615. The other way you can help is whenever we have products to sell, like we do in the stable goods, and like we will have in the summer with the watermelons. Buy the product. Come and get the watermelons. Come and get the vegetables. I know people say, well, how can we help? Can we come down there? We tried that two years ago. We set up the first annual weed pulling contest. I'm sorry. Festival. There will be a weed pulling contest within the festival. But it got rained out two weekends in a row. Mm. So we should have people driving all the way down here to sit in the shelter, mm. or in their cars, and watch the rain. When I got down here to Muhammad Farms, because of the bad taste that we had left in the mouth of these people. What are you talking about, Doc? When we lost that farm, when we lost this land, the white people laughed at the black people down here because they were so proud to have the largest, one of the largest farms in southwest Georgia to be owned by black people. Mm. And when we lost it, the white, farm, white people looked at them and said, where's Elijah now? Mm. So when I first got down here, I met the black mayor of the county seat, which is Dawson. And he shook my hand. And as he was shaking my hand, he said, Doc, don't lose that land again. When I left out, I cried. Because I knew what he was talking about. The pain that the people down there had to go through for the 19 years before I got down there. Being ridiculed, laughed at, taunted, because we lost this land. That's what I had to deal with. And they wouldn't work for me. Because they had jobs working for white people, white farmers. So I couldn't get skilled labor. Except for that one family who stepped up to help me. And this is why I'm running for this, the county seat. I'm running for the chairmanship of the county committee. I'm running for the top dog spot in this county. And I'm calling the Bobby Lewis campaign. 
You will hear his name. Since you ran him out of business and he ran his family out of business and you took that land uh, like the other 25 black farmers. And their children are wind up in jail some damn well because they ain't got no jobs. Mm. You got to deal with Farmer Doc. So Doc will make it fair and square. From the county seat to the city square, Doc will make it fair and square. I don't care what your color nor your hair. So Doc will make it fair and square. And I'm calling on the hip-hop nation to come down here so we can clean out this damn plantation. Because Terrell County ain't nothing but a plantation. Nothing but humiliation. Nothing but exploitation. Nothing but intimidation. Gotta be a violation. They don't make no jobs down here. They make hate and they make fear. But guess what? Farmer Doc is here. And whether you believe it or not, we gonna make Wakanda here. We gonna build Wakanda, Wakanda here. And we ain't scared, got no fear. We're going to build Rakonda right here. We're going to give these people down here the jobs. So you say, how can you help? Buy the products, damn it, so I can pay these people. Because now they want to work for me. We get calls all the time now. They want to work for me. They believe in me. I got them coming up to me. The doc, you made a man out of me. I didn't know what you was doing when you was cussing us out. Mm. But thank you, you made a man out of me. All right? So I want to give these people something to be proud of, a job that they can be proud of, not a, not a slave job, but something they can feel proud of and make more jobs down here. And the way to make it an agriculture today is not growing raw product. Why should a farmer grow 56 pounds of wheat and sell it for $4? And they go and they sell the bread that they make from that wheat. One pound of wheat goes into one loaf of bread. The loaf of bread in the stove costs between two and four dollars. For one loaf of bread, and the farmer gets eight cents. Wow. Eight cents of bread. Why the hell should a farmer grow wheat and sell it to somebody else? He should get a flour meal like we do, turn it into flour. Turn in, the, turn in the cream of wheat if you can, but you're not going to be able to do it because Dr. Richard and can come out and make some, crum, some some whole wheat, cream of wheat muffin mix. Mmm. My wife and signs up on that in her cat's kitchen. So, you hear my, you hear my cats up, up, up top? Yes, sir. Whining. <laughs> Every time they talk to somebody, they saw that whining. But that's okay. You know why? Because they eat, they eat the goddamn mice and snakes. So I, I put up with it. They want to be inside. They don't come inside. They don't even come on the por- damn porch. You, you can't. You stay outside. Your dog, you stay outside. You don't come in my house. Yes, sir. Can so we they go for the roof? Can they still order from uh, NOIMOA.org? Yes. Find a, a, a person. You go to NOIMOA.org. You get stable goods. Then you see the coordinator list. And you go on that coordinator list and find the one closest to you and, and email them to see if you can order through them. Now, not all of the stable good coordinators are doing stable goods we call it 18B. They signed up for stable goods 19, but we'll sell all the products. But we knew that would take too long 
because they wouldn't get the product until June mm. because of the process that we have to go through. So we want to streamline it. But we also told them that you're not required to participate in this because some people are very afraid for their family getting infected. They got old people living in their family. They got children. And they didn't want to take a chance on infecting their family trying to move some beans. And since the people should have already gotten the beans in advance, we did not push up on them. We know we're going to lose money. The State Because Project is going to lose money. But we're not trying to make money. I only did it because people pushed up on me. And I didn't want to leave people in the lurch even though they had nine years, 18 times, twice a year to get their Navy beans. But they didn't do it. So, okay, we'll do what we can, but we're not going to force somebody to do it, to go out there and take a chance on picking up this goddamn weapon and bringing it home. Any more questions? Uh, I think that's it, Doc. Um, where can they follow you on social media to, to continue to get the updates from you? Um, there's, I, I heard two things. I heard that um, that some of the staple goods stop, and then we can only get Navy beans. Then I heard it was sent down that we're not doing the Navy beans. So what is the update so far? It's like, can they order right now, or is there okay. a waiting time? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. As of, as of this past, uh, last Tuesday, we got um, – permission, I checked with the minister to make sure that we were not interfering in anything he was doing, and he gave me the go-ahead for us to go ahead. So since last Tuesday, our people have been given the go-ahead if they got their paperwork in order to start collecting money. As a matter of fact, we just sent off money today for the first set. That's why I was going to the post office before it closed, sending money off to the supplier to get the first two cities out. And I had to run that young young sister down, run past her. That was the first two cities. Okay. But, yes, sir, you have to go and see which city is participating. Because, like I said, all the cities are not. Many of them are. Right. But all are not because of safety reasons for them and their family. Yes, sir. Well, that's it, uh, Dr. Risley. What's, what, how can they follow you on uh, Facebook? Oh, go to Risley. Look me, R-I-D-G-E-L-Y-M-U, a part of the M-I-N. On Facebook, Rizzi McMean. On um, YouTube, Rizzi Muhammad. That's my YouTube channel, Rizzi Muhammad. And I have uh, a website specifically for the campaign of the chairmanship. It's called RizzliMcMean.com. That's R-I-D-G-E-L-Y. M-U-M-I-N dot com. So those are the main way. And you can email me at RizzlyMoomin at gmail.com. RizzlyMoomin. My real name is Mookmin, but, you know, the posture don't work. So it's Rizzly, R-I-D-G-E-L-Y, M-U-M-I-N at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Well, I thank you, brother. Uh, I, I, I look forward to actually having you on again. I want to get you on again and, and have a little bit more detail because the, the audio, I mean, the quality of the video is a little uh, a little bad, but we could hear you. So it was good. But I definitely want to be able to do this again. And like we said, thank you for all the hard work you've been doing. Well, thank you 
for y'all were and thank the nation of Islam for giving a, a good old boy like me something to do to help the mission of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Christ, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the greatest opportunity in the world. Thank mm. you so much. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Salam, sir. Yes, sir. Man, family, if this don't motivate us to, 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 to help our Muhammad Farms, man, I don't know what else will. I really appreciate him for giving that context. I myself didn't even know all of that context. And uh, I, really, I, I really want y'all to just share this because there's so many people, man. And like he said, this is happening to all black farmers. And this is what I mean by context. So many of us think it's just so easy to build a school. It's so easy to do restaurants. It's so easy to get land and grow on food. It sounds simple. But what this brother is going through, you can hear the difficulty in his voice. You can hear it in his spirit that he really loves our people. But you can also hear the difficulty of being just a farmer trying to fight an enemy like this. And we are found oftentimes on social media so disingenuous saying that people aren't doing anything. Why you at home sleep? Why you at home resting and playing? This man is on a farm and growing things for us so that we can have the foods that we need. So to say nobody is doing something just because you don't see it yet is disingenuous. Think about all the hard work this brother's doing at 69. 69 years old. So, man, I'm thankful, man, for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Master Far Muhammad, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. As you heard, he said that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan had to get the land back. All that he went through, he thanked the Honorable Elijah Muhammad for giving him something to do. So this is what the Nation of Islam is doing. Do we need help? Of course. You hear it. So instead of debating about some damn scriptures and the Bible and the Quran and talking about Leviticus and who doing this, and who, how about we get out, man, and if that's what you do as far as growing food and agriculture, find out how we can help each other. Because death don't care what religion we is. Death don't care if you're following the Quran or the Torah. We need food, man. We need some, some, some help on the land. Forget who, you know, are you going to stop? You, the unity amongst us because you saying Yah and I'm saying Allah because you saying most high and I'm saying God because you say Yeshua and I say Jesus. Come on, man. This is a prime example of why it's so important for us to unite and do something for ourselves as a people beyond the, the, the religious titles. We are all God's children of the most high God. We gods, that's what we is. I ain't worried about titles, this, and who your teacher is. Listen, we gods at the end of the day, and we need help. I'm pretty sure there's a brother who may be going through this with a school that we don't know. You don't see a school yet, but you figure ain't nobody doing nothing just because the school ain't built up. I'm pretty sure somebody working on that. I'm pretty sure somebody working on the restaurant. I'm pretty sure somebody may be working on a warehouse or a hospital. So stop saying nobody's doing nothing just because we don't see it. We may just need to find somebody and get context because I don't know about y'all. Y'all may have known this, but I didn't know this about the farming. I didn't know how, how difficult it was. I didn't know all the trials and obstacles they had to go through. So with that, I found a new respect for Dr. Ridge. I found a new respect for farmers. 
Not that I didn't respect them in the beginning, but man, look at all this they got to go through. So come on, man. As he said, man, let's support Muhammad Farm. Let's support the the economic blueprint. Send the money, whatever, to the to the to the addresses that he said. Visit noimoa.org uh, and get with your local city, man, and figure out who's the coordinator so you can get you some food. That's important. He talked about why. He talked about the trucks. FOI got to come take pallets down. We got to take it at the mosque and all this. So if you if you religious gang banging, you oh I ain't finna step foot on no mosque, nigga, cause I ain't no Muslim. Now you cheating your family from some food that we need. You know what I'm saying? You stopping, you know, you you stopping the 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 well being of your family over some religious differences. So if you too 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 prideful to come to the mosque to pick it up. Oh, like he said, we too, we too, uh, uh, what'd he say? We're too, uh, what's the word he used? Not he used lazy, but spoiled. Because the Navy being may have, but you want organic, but then they got a little something on it. You can just take it out. But I think this video though, man, I, I really think this video will help us out though. I really do. Because without that context, we, we don't see when you don't have a comprehensive knowledge. You misjudge. Like Moses and the wise man. Now, we are taught that they ain't necessarily Moses, but that's the followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad who follow him with doubt and suspicion. But without that comprehensive knowledge, we misjudge. And we, we misjudge and due to lack of understanding. So now that we see what he's going through, now that he's explained this stuff, hopefully, man, by the, by the grace of God, we are inspired, man, to support our own. In the nation or out the nation. This ain't no religious thing. You and listen, this is this is about our survival. It's about our well-being. Whether if you really don't, even if you don't believe in God at all, man, you can support Muhammad Farms. You may disagree with some of the teachings, but you know we gotta you can you can see it in his in his heart, in his spirit, in his voice that he loves black people. So I thank you all for listening. I ain't going to preach to y'all too long. I just want to motivate us, man. When this stuff is out there, man, come on, man. Let's go ahead and support. Get you two bags. Get your four bags if you get you some big bags of Navy beans. Support it, man. So I thank you all for listening, man. If you guys want to support the podcast, you can do so via Cash App, dollar sign, Brother Ben X. Please go support that brother in Muhammad Farms. And I thank you all for listening. Y'all have a black-tastic night. Assalamualaikum. Self. Except your own. Except your own. Yeah. Drum, Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. I never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up. Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah come out. Come Now, man, what about me? Get your money, man. Get your bread up. Gotta do it for yourself. Know you fed up. Get your study on. All praise be to God. Stay red up. Die. Never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth. Gotta catch up. Elijah Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. Sarah come out. Come back. Now my what about me? Be willing to die so that we can be free. Now if we don't produce, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' eat? Yeah, man, what we gon' eat? What we gon' do if they cut off the street? If they block off them trucks, tell me what you gon' eat? What you gon' drink? See what I mean? What you gon' do? What I'ma do? I'ma stomach some food. Don't be a fool. That's Farrakhan lead. I'ma 
tune, stay in the streets, change a couple goons. I'm pushing the worst, say I'm pushing the messages. I'm blessing the game, I already blessed me. Find a car new, cause we got you, can't lose. Only two dollars, get news you can use. Heaven or hell, those conditions you choose. Come to the mosque, these are things we can prove. Get your money, man, get your bread up. Gotta do it for yourself, know you fed up. Get your study on, all praise be to God, stay red up. Die, never let up. Everyone that I'm around already know what I'm about. Build heaven on earth, gotta catch up Elijah Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Hey family, listen, I know COVID has messed up some of our vision and some of us, our vision for our family and our future looks a little blurry, but we want to help bring the vision back to 2020. We want you to be able to see the success and everything that you plan for 2020 to be. We want to help bring that vision back. So we have a crazy bundle for you going into Black Friday. This bundle, we got Purpose to Profit, which is a full course that's going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product and that product into a profitable business, six-figure business from scratch. We're going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product. We're going to teach you how to market, how to scale, how to productize. We're going to teach you how to test. We're going to teach you how to package this product so that you can be able to take it into the marketplace to be able to do great things. Not only with that bundle, you're also going to get private banking blueprint where we teach you how to build your own banking system. Yes, you heard me, your own banking system. And guess what? Guess what? It's only going to be for $368. Yes, you heard it. $368. You're going to get an actual physical copy of the textbook of Private Bank and Blueprint. All of that course together for $368 all the way up until Black Friday. If you want to move on that bundle, go to visionbundle.com. Visionbundle.com and take action today.